0: All right, guys, so welcome to This Week in uh, Digital Marketing. I'm with my co-host, James DeLacy, and I am Jack. This week, we're going to be going over one marketing tip from each of us, made.com's $7 million sale or $3 million sale, Apple search, Mastodon's uh, huge increase in users, our first thoughts, what it is, and Google's recency study it's actually not Google's, but, but yeah, let's just go over it today. So uh, what are you working on this week?
1: Man, I've got a shit ton of stuff going on with obviously Black Friday coming up, but I'm actually yeah. changing both my sites into subscription models because I want that monthly recurring revenue. So that's been going down at the moment, getting everything moved over. I have launched it on one site, but I hit, and then I'm going to launch the Black Friday promo next week. And then the other side, I've almost finished getting everything over and that'll all be under subscription on that one. Yeah, it's pretty far um, yourself. Cool. Yeah, can we dive a bit deeper into that? What kind of subscription are
0: you talking about? Yeah,
1: sure. So this is through a, a white labeled app. So essentially it's training programs on the app. And then all the payment stuff are processed through that under one subscription, use Zapier to piece it all together where they get invited to a mighty network community. And when within that community, I've got coaches from, well, depending on the site, but I've got different coaches from elite level sport, et cetera, et cetera, that are in there that can essentially help whoever is the customer and when they're part of it. So all of that's under one subscription. There's also online courses in that community too. So I've kind of just put everything together where it used to be one of sales. For example, the funnel was training program or one-time offer of the training program, and then upsell into courses. And then at one point it was upsell into community, but I just pieced it out to automate one subscription. Now I'm going to slowly increase the price over time. Yeah, cool.
0: Did you, uh, which app are you using for the community? Mighty Networks I'm using for the community. Mighty Networks. Oh, yeah, I think you mentioned it,
1: sorry. Yeah.
0: And how are you yeah, liking it so yeah, far? Yeah. How much does it cost you?
1: Whew, it's not cheap. It's like a. To, oh, I'm paying monthly, so 120 bucks a month. Um, Holy fuck. That's that makes, expensive. Yeah, but it's all in, it's basically all-inclusive, like your all-inclusive um, software. So you have all your... You can host all your videos on there. You can do your live Q&As on there, and it records and saves it and stuff. So I was like, okay, it's worth it in terms of that. I was testing out between that and Circle. <clears throat> and I'm a member of Circle. a group on of a community on Circle. I like it. It just looks real basic and... So Circle's basically just Facebook without the colors, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's Circle's still good for that stuff too, but I think for what I was after money network seemed to fit. I mean, I was going to just go down the free route and use like discord and Facebook mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, ah, then you know, if you don't own the traffic or you don't own the, the your own little platform and discord is, I think it's better geared towards, I guess the younger crowd or certain yeah, niches. Crypto, yeah. C- um, crypto. Crypto.
0: Uh, beards yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. For this week, I'm personally working on far and away stuff. So that's our D.C. brand. We have a pop-up store going live this week in London, central London, near the Soho area. Oh, it's um, yeah. pretty stressful. No, but that's in collaboration with a branding agency. So they got five yeah. different brands doing a store, and we're actually seeing a huge uptick in UK sales from that because it's in a pretty prestigious area in London. And, uh, Dude, yeah, how's your, was,
1: TikTok, your TikTok videos going?
0: For far and away, it's not great. Yeah. That was a flop. Yeah. It did okay on Instagram. So it got like 15 K views. So that's pretty good. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've got to cut that one out. And for my other brands, it <laughs> I'm was the same as mis- you,
1: man. I'm still recovering.
0: Yeah, for the other brands, it's going (laughs) pretty well, I would say. I'm not sure if you saw the Twitter thread. I'm doing like the challenge. We're going to do two TikToks a day, every day for three months. And that is going incredibly well. So we're in the architecture niche. So we got like very creative with certain things and it's so far not much traffic driven directly to the site, but it's getting, we're getting a lot of followers on Instagram and YouTube. TikTok, we haven't been able to craft yet. Yeah, I highly recommend you get on that. I'm not sure what kind of videos you can do, but
1: yeah. I hate TikTok anyway. TikTok sucks, man.
0: (laughs) Hopefully we can get you to come around throughout these episodes. Besides that, we also have our agency work. (laughs) We're prepping for Black Friday, similar to you. So we have a link building service and I'm sure you've seen that. And right now Mm -hmm. we're also editing long form YouTube videos for our architecture site. That's popping off. We have a video right now sat at 23K views. And that was just launched a week and a half ago. So that's a huge dub. Damn. Yeah, wild. It's just, I feel like YouTube's kind of one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. So it's like you, you get organic views. And if you embed it in your website that already ranks, it pushes more views. And the more views it gets, it ranks higher on YouTube. So it's kind of, and then you push it back onto your own website. So it's like pretty sick. And that's going extremely yeah. well. So I'm pretty bullish on YouTube right now. And yeah, that's pretty much what I'm working on this week. I'm not sure if you do this with your wife yourself, but I think on my first million pod, they kind of push that you give your partner a handwritten note every morning, telling her what you're doing. But I guess you work pretty closely with your partner, right? So she <laughs> well, generally
1: knows. Yeah. Yeah. One of my brands is, is me and then then other, of my other brand is done together. So we're pretty much yeah, exactly. uh, talking on the stuff.
0: Yeah. Must be nice. Cause for me, my girlfriend might not know what I'm doing throughout the day. Cause it would be like a full eight hours before I even speak to anyone. And so I just kind of started <laughs> off the day by writing her a note typically. And that's been going pretty well.
1: Dude, relationship uh, advice one here on the podcast. Now we're yeah, going to exactly. start deep. big affiliates for, for dating sites now and stuff on here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. I think
0: we wanted to start off the pod with one marketing tip from each one of us. uh What do you have for us? Yeah, I've just what have you implemented something that I'm there? just
1: currently, yeah, currently doing with my review style content. I don't think it's not anything groundbreaking for anyone, but I don't mm-hmm. see I don't see many sites doing it, and none of my niche. So <clears throat> essentially, doing your best, whatever it is, article as your main topic, and you have all your long tails within there. And then I've just been literally doing individual reviews on the products in my big review and then interlinking them. And that's just been mm-hmm. killing. So that's something of mm-hmm. your basic that I've found and that's regardless of search volume, like my individual reviews, they don't have any search volume. No one's searching that shit. There's literally no articles or no reviews of that products on Google because no one's searching it, but I'll still write it. And then I'll still link that back to my main review and link my main review to the individual mm. review
0: as well. <clears throat> So it'd be like, for example, best protein powder, 2022. And then number one would be optimum nutrition, chocolate. And then you would write yeah. optimum nutrition, chocolate review and link back to it. And the best yeah. protein powder would link to that as well. Yeah. Okay. And I okay. do that for
1: most of the, most of the product, if I'm game, I'll do it for every product, but it's <laughs> something yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm sick of writing, writing how many of these, but they're short, man. Cause. Individual reviews can't be that long, especially when it's on, if it's on Optum Nutrition Protein Powder, I'm going to cover things like taste, mixability, ingredients, nutrition, like macro breakdown and <clears throat> price maybe. And then cover pros and cons, stuff like that. And then by that time, it's like a little over 500 words. That's nothing. But just be able to link that back to the article and then link the article back to that, it ends up being, yeah, that's just been really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. And you said 500 words typically, and do you always try the products you review? Cause that seems to be an issue with some niche site people on Twitter, right? Eh?
1: Yeah, I'm doing that. The articles I'm writing. Yes. I've got my writers, a couple of my writers that I've had write some without, but they've got knowledge in the niche cause they coach and use the stuff. But the best thing is I already rank for these articles, but I'm in the process. I'll eventually start buying more of the stuff. And then just being able to continually update the article, update the published date, update with new pictures, new content, all that kind of stuff over and over again, as I get more stuff. So that's the plan and just literally have every review article with original pictures, original, everything, original video, all of it. So that's the plan. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. I think that goes in well into my marketing tip, it's more geared towards niche site owners, but it was, I think I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago as well. I typically do it once a month or once every two months, and uh, I change the publish date to most recent date for my blog posts. And I do that for sites I've owned for a while, sites I want to push from ranks five to ten up to top five. And that's one of the things I do when I buy a website. I, I write. I immediately change it to generate press theme, slap on a nice theme design it nicely and change all blog posts to most recent date. And that typically gives it a jump and then I would optimize the blog posts after the jump to try to maintain it and go from there. Oh yeah. It's actually and s- the best thing seen is, some crazy success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the best thing is if you do the articles so they're good enough. And then you got an excuse to keep going back and just updating little bits and then you can change the publish date. Update a little bit, it's changed the publish date over and over again, and then yeah, yeah I'm with you, man. Like the recency thing is huge. Yeah,
0: and uh, I think sometimes when uh, if I'm lazy, I don't even change any content. I just change the, <laughs> you just change the and, date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that pops up immediately. It's it, it works. It's extremely well for tech niches. Because tech's all about recency and it's pretty well that it works. Mm. I think another one that I want to speak on was your original content images, or like we call it UGC and DTC. So that means like user generated content. When you write reviews, you typically take some nice photos and then you post it on your website. Hopefully, who will see Mm -hmm. that it's original content? But what happens if we're trying to build niche sites or reviews at scale and we're unable to purchase all these things? Or if it's a huge, I don't know, you you can't purchase every single Macbook out there, for example. Yeah. And you want to review them. I, an unethical hack would be to sharpen up your canvas skills and just add the, add some stock image in or images you find on Amazon, remove background, add in your own background, take a picture of your table, add in the own image and then (laughs) it's original content. And if you want to get a bit more smart with Google's unable to find images that you mirrored. So what that means is like, you just flip it. Mm, in just flip them. And, yeah, uh, I Google's do that unable to find it. Yeah. Just new original images coming through. <laughs> and yeah, that works. you can search well. Facebook
1: marketplace too, <clears throat> and just download those pictures. of if... people say you should message them and ask them if you can use it, but you can always just download and do the same thing. No, they won't. They probably won't do that.
0: A bit unethical, but we're just trying to make the money online. Just click, just get, click
1: the button and get those cookies.
0: Yeah. Man. Anyways, yeah, moving on to the next topic. I'm not sure if you saw, it or if you've ever heard of this brand, it's called made.com and they currently, Heaven. they are, yeah, they were a bit more into the space. So this actually came as a huge surprise <laughs> to me, but made.com to give the audience a bit more background is a D to C company. So that means direct to consumer. It was a publicly traded company on the London Stock Exchange, valued at about a billion dollars about a year ago. And they just went bankrupt and they sold their brand name. So i.e. the domain name May.com and all their branding for $3 million. That's a huge loss because they raised about 135 million US dollars to date in like VC funding, angels, et cetera, et cetera they were also doing about $500 million in annual re- revenue and they went bankrupt. There were also other brands such as touch of modern, which was doing 120 million in annual revenue. And they also went through some- something similar and they sold their assets for $7 million. So I think, damn, yeah, it's pretty wild cause it's similar to what we s- spoke about with the Facebook layoffs. So, what happened is pretty much they saw a huge surge of consumer behavior during COVID because everyone's shopping online. And after COVID died down or yeah, after COVID died down, the consumers didn't come back. They or they, they didn't come back as they expected. It. And they mm-hmm. were running all projections based off of that. And they were unable to sustain themselves because there were no massive layoffs throughout the months. Um, so they had a huge churn. It's just the revenue dropped like a rock. So pretty much their burn rate was way too high. And now they've gone bankrupt. But I think this is more on the side of the leadership. This is something like, for example, we spoke about how people blast Mark Zuckerberg, but he pretty much would save Facebook in this, in this scenario because Made didn't do anything of the sort. They didn't cut down drastically. They didn't cut down everything <clears> to a slow burn. They kind of just ran yeah. into the ground. And I think this is a pretty strong indication of what's to come. I hate preaching it every week, but I think <laughs> the slowdown in consumerism is a pretty, pretty strong indicator. And we have a couple of things looming in the market, which is pretty scary.
1: But yeah, you so should what would check out what's do If happening. you bought that domain, if you bought that branding and domain, what would you do with it? Would you relaunch so,
0: it? Yeah, pretty much. I think they were sold to another online retailer called next or something like that and they're probably gonna operate it as is and they're gonna absorb the branding run it in-house so all their personnel i'm not i haven't seen i haven't read much about next but i'm sure they're running profitably and they're probably gonna run it with their in-house team with their own yeah processes and sourcing team et cetera. Et cetera because i think made was also hit with a lot of supply chain issues but all yeah. that is fine now i'm sure yeah. Yeah, so I think right now someone spoke on the I when I po- first posted this, someone commented in the thread, Twitter thread, that D 2 C is going to see a lot more pain in the coming months because what happened is during COVID, a lot of them got tons of VC funding, and what D 2 C typically you, what you do is you try to capture as much a market share as possible, so you burn a ton of cash running ads, in the hopes of being profitable one day. If COVID hit, it's, yeah, it's going to COVID slow down. It's uh, post COVID (laughs) slowdown. It's going to, it's going to be terrifying for a lot of them. So I think a couple of these e-commerce aggregators, so what they do is they buy e-com sites, D2C sites. They're going to have a field day in a couple of months. It's going to be a lot of pain
1: in Q1, I think. Damn. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, obviously with rates and inflation and all that too, coming along with it, it's, Yeah, people aren't spending as much money.
0: Yeah, that's also going to translate to niche sites as well. So who's paying for these display ads? Who's paying these affiliate commissions? So that's going to have Mm -hmm. a trickle-down effect onto us in the coming months. I think we'll feel it probably Q2, Q3, and it's going to, yeah, (laughs) there's going to be pain. I think I'll try to (laughs) offload some niche sites in January just for whatever multiples I can get and hold the big ones for a long time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, looked into Apple search engine at all? They're doing one, right?
1: Yeah, I heard they're doing one. And honestly, that's probably the only thing that would actually, in my opinion, rival Google, because it would be set as the default on an Apple, on an iPhone. So every iPhone user would ideally be searched by searching on it. So that would capture at least enough market cap for it to make it probably viable for people to start looking to try and rank on it. Yeah. I think it's uh,
0: so smart of them to do this. Cause you know how they destroyed Facebook, right? With the iOS privacy update, we yeah. value your privacy. So we're not going to let Facebook <laughs> track you, but we track you. Yeah. So we're going to launch out own, their own network, own. but they're bringing
1: out their yeah. own. Yeah. Their own network, so <laughs> just, that's a good play.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's going to trigger any antitrust issues in, uh, in the U S cause that's pretty much a monopoly then, right? Cause they destroy their own competitors and launch their own, those, a similar product. So uh, interesting to see what what's going to happen, um, mm. yeah. But I think you're right. Google needs some competitors, even though we both probably rely heavily on Google traffic yeah. for our revenue. But I think it's good to have some extra players. I don't know if you get any other search engine traffic, for example, like Bing or DuckDuckGo. Not much. No, yeah, is that some more. sites which are set at like fifteen <clears> to twenty percent? <throat> Funny enough, it's actually um, the AI sites that get a lot of Bing traffic. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's wild. But that's probably because of the Rank Math uh, Instant Rank a- API. If you've mm. ever checked that on Bing, it's like yeah. actually instant indexed. So if you haven't
1: installed that, definitely install that. Yeah, I played around with that a bit, but <clears throat> I just Bing just I don't know why Bing just doesn't like my sites. I get how many thousands of traffic from Google, but then Bing is just like a few people a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Have you heard of the Mastodon, Twitter's
1: new competitor? No, no, I've heard of the name, but Osterle, fill me in and fill the audience in too because they're probably in the same boat as me.
0: Yeah, so I think Mastodon is a German corporation, and their whole idea is... <laughs> So they're run by a nonprofit. It's pretty interesting. They've been growing extremely fast, especially after Elon bought Twitter. It's slightly different from Twitter because it's a open source platform. So that means all the code is you can probably copy it immediately and run it by itself. Um, but it's ran on several different like servers or instances. So think like each server would have its own terms of service. So let's say you're allowed to have hate, hate speech <laughs> in one of them. And another one is it's more highly regulated in this server. So it's, it has its own nodes or like own groups of mini communities. Yeah. Cool, let's just say that so many Twitters. So actually I think this in itself would prevent it from having a huge knock on effect. It's just having some success right now because of Elon taking over Twitter. But I think just because of this, it makes finding your friends like pretty hard on. Macedon. Mm. So that in itself, that's it's a no for me. It's going to be, it's going to be dead in a couple months, I think, but it's pretty interesting to see how it just picked up. It was actually launched friggin' like six years ago and it just caught on. Oh it's shit. Clunky. It's slow. I was like browsing it. It's not built to scale. So.
1: I think so you gotta, you gotta select which like little mini community or nodes you want to be on and you can switch between them. So they have a
0: discovery area as well. I think like their homepage, they will like, just show you a bunch of shit. That's having a bunch of engagement from different no- nodes or servers, or I don't know what they okay. call it. Instances. Yeah. And you can decide to join them based off of the discovery on the homepage. So I guess there's a bit, it's a bit better in that sense, but. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. They, the CEO might be able to execute properly because they're getting some good press. But I feel like it might be one of those uh, clubhouse things where it just blows up and then mm. blows down really quickly. So yeah, I think they had some weird names for things. It was like a toot is like a tweet and a boost is like a read. It yeah. is like a very obvious <laughs> copy. It's a, but
1: boost, I guess, yeah. that makes sense. Have you heard of, there's another... I wouldn't say similar app, but another app that apparently blew up. I think it was called Be Real, and it was trying to like it was almost like a hybrid. Yeah, do use it. Yeah, I have
0: ten friends. For personal
1: or for (laughs) business?
0: No, for personal. Just it's funny to see what friends are doing during random times during the day. It's kind of like Snapchat. it reminds
1: me of Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, because only for twelve hours, isn't it? Like your picture or video, whatever you post.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's more. I think it's a geared towards more candid photos of yourself and like what you're doing mm-hmm. out of time, so it keeps your friends updated. It's not like sure. those aesthetically pleasing photos, but TikTok's copying it right now. I don't know if you saw, they have like no, TikTok Now or something like that. It's exactly the same. It's like direct copy. Oh, well,
1: so savage. They're gonna kill us. So They're savage. gonna kill it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they did a zuck on that. It's pretty savage. That depends, it
1: depends, though. If, no, if TikTok potentially gets banned in the USA. Then what?
0: Then I'm going, I'm a YouTube shorts guy now. VPNs are posted for the Chinese market. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have Chinese TikTok actually. So I got to see what kind of products they're working on next. It's pretty interesting to see. I don't know. Yeah. You can change your location on the app store and then you can download TikTok. It's called Oin, and Mm. you can see the types of, you're pretty much going to see what's TikTok going to be like in two years in the US market. So they're going to have like integrated mm-hmm. e-commerce stores. It's like one click shops so that people do live streams and then they'll have a hovering like buy now button and it's like, it saves all your details. You just click purchase and you buy off these live streams. Mm-hmm. It's a huge thing in China, actually. So for example, my wow. friend's it's... cousin, yeah, my friend's cousin that would be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my friend's cousin would be like, yeah, I'm going to end the night just like watching some live streams and buy, buying shit I don't need and it's like part of their <laughs> daily routine now it's wild and, and
1: wasn't instagram going to do something similar they were going to in- integrate the shop into the live streams and things like that oh well maybe it was youtube i think it was youtube that was going to do it <clears throat> one of the platforms was going to do that
0: yeah it's a good idea i think you I'm, yeah you don't use tiktok so that's a it's a shame we can't <laughs> talk about it but they, they have that right now They're, there's like live streams of like people just I don't know building their own products, or I think there's a huge market right now in the U.S. If there's someone like hand pouring candles for like eight hours straight, and then you're like pouring some dude's candles and write James on it, and you ship it out, because uh, <laughs> that's what happening. That's what's happening in China, and it's the same algorithm. So, yeah, let's hope it gets banned so we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's head to the last topic. It was I'm not sure if you if I sent over the link, but it was like some agency did a study of Google reviews on for local SEO. Do you do any local SEO?
1: No, uh, none. <clears throat> but you were talking about relevancy and you talked to, sorry, recency earlier yeah. anyway. And obviously this applies to to actual testimonial reviews too it seems.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's more for local SEO they did they saw a correlation. That with rankings versus review recency, but this might be like one of those cor- correlation is not causation type of thing, because if you have mm. more reviews recently, it might show that you're in more active business because you have more traffic because you're number one on Google. You know what I mean? So it might not actually yeah. be uh, the correlation, but it's an interesting review. Everyone should kind of look through it. It's it essentially says the more recent reviews you have, the higher you'll rank on Google local seo i didn't actually believe that but maybe it is from a more consistent point of view so i don't know the top italian restaurants will consistently get five star reviews throughout it will be months and then there'll be google will see okay this is probably a good business let's let's send them keep sending them more traffic you know what i mean but it's so to see what we'll keep going because it feels like google reviews are easily abused you can just be send it to all yeah. your friends 50 friends and just yo know, hit, hit me up with a five star
1: that's what i was gonna say could you just bought this
0: you could but it you also risk getting your google my business location taken away yeah. but yes you can easily do this i think mean, you can buy it i think the market rate's two to ten dollars google I didn't. i've never done it don't come after me but yeah it's two, <laughs> $2 to ten dollars yeah, uh, if you want yeah, link in my bio. You said this yeah, new service coming through unique IPs on all Google accounts. No, I think it's <laughs> an interesting play. I think if you if there's any way for you to convert something into local local SEO, you should totally do it. If you ever have a aspiration to own a gym, yo, that's
1: that's the way, man. Dude, gyms don't make money, man. <laughs> Gyms are fucking money pits. Who, for who's real. the guy?
0: You're, you're telling me Alex Hormozzi with Gym Launch
1: doesn't do anything? Yeah, but they're selling fucking whatever packages to yeah, like he's growing the gyms, and obviously the gyms start to make money. But man, but gyms are like the amount of stuff you're paying and the member like <clears throat> and there's so many different models. Obviously, like 24 Hour Fitness, you're banking on the numbers model, right? Ten dollars a month or Planet Fitness, ten dollars a month, just churning members then you've got maybe more boutique model where you're charging what, 100 plus dollars a month or $50 a month, but man, you're paying for equipment, upkeep, rent, lease, whatever it is, or your utilities on top of that. <clears throat> and then your coaches, you have to have coaches in there. You churn through coaches. You have to manage that. The hours. Most people come early morning, late evening. So you got those hours to fill, man. I've, I've seen yeah. too many gyms not make money. Like it's so not worth it
0: <laughs> yeah i think it's getting in, it's getting pretty competitive but i've looked into the model before because after seeing alcomosi i think there there are ways yeah. you have to upsell them on like personal training shit and like protein powders your own private label protein powder so it would be like yeah, exactly the like lacy protein and it's literally a yeah. generic protein powder that everyone has You just sell it for double the price yeah. But yeah, I think if you ever wanted to get into personal training, I guess that's the way.
1: Yeah, man, I've, I've done a personal training in my time, obviously before as a way to make money while working for free in professional sport. That's how professional sport works. If anyone's wondering, you work for free for however long. And then when you get into professional sport, they pay you fuck all. So most people who work in professional sport have to have something on the side and that's what they do. But it's damn. Yeah. It's because personal training sucks, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Professional sport is like that, man. And contracts don't matter. Nothing. You can win whatever, but if the head coach goes as a sports staff, you're likely to go as well. Literally like mid season, you can just be cut. Whatever. It doesn't oh. matter. <laughs> Shit like that. It's pretty crazy. That's why you
0: gotta, gotta build the an audience and then you can eventually sell your own product as a athlete. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. Yes. Maybe we can speak on that another day. We can maybe go over someone, an athlete who probably wasn't paid well during his time as a professional athlete and did well after, after his uh, tenure as a athlete. Mm. I think there's a lot of stories with that. For sure. There's a couple.
1: (laughs) Yeah, could be. Athletes and coaches.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe. I don't know, s- smash that five-star button on Spotify if you're listening <laughs> there. Hit like on YouTube, subscribe, and leave a comment. It helps us. And reviews. Reviews. Yeah, uh, reviews absolutely. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, us up with it. that. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Take it easy. Cheers.